Hey, Susan. Hi, Sandy. What's going on? Oh, wow. <laughs> lots lots, lots going of on. stuff. Yeah. All right. So we got our disclaimer. Oh, okay. Well, the views and opinions of myself and Sadji are our own views and opinions and in no way reflect the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. All right. Agree. Um, agree with that, Susan. <laughs> Lots of things happening. It's 2020. And do you think it's time? Yeah. Oh. It's time. Time for what? <laughs> well, here we are. This is the final episode of Cope uh, Season 1. <laughs> 2020. 2020. So, Saji, mm. I thought today... Um, we could talk about, we could kind of uh, talk about the year, reflect a little bit. I can just put in a plug for the last, the closeout session for phase one LAC. And then we could uh, maybe think ahead, look ahead to the future. What do you think? Yeah, the future's just ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I guess... First things first, you know, the other day, um, Adam Jennings, I think it was texting around that clerkship group, you know, that group uh -huh. text we share. And he, uh, they were talking about COPE. And I always thought it was the community of physician educators. But I liked that Adam suggested collaboration of physician educators. And I, what, what do you think about that? Huh. So yeah. this is a, a little technical. What's the difference between community and collaboration? Yeah. Is yeah. community meaningful for, or does it mean the same thing? Because uh, it's a community of people. Are we yeah. collaborating? Oh, there's the question. Are we collaborating? Hmm. I think we are collaborating. I felt like for this past year, this has probably been the most enjoyable aspect of my med school um, experiences is, is collaborating with you uh, on, on this project. This was your brainchild. You, you had this, this uh, nice idea of creating this podcast. And I have really had a lot of fun thinking about this and what this kind of communication with preceptors, with our community, building our community. Um, I really liked our guests that we had on um, for this year, this season. <laughs> and uh, so I want to thank you, actually, for, oh, no, um, for doing, doing that and thinking of this. And Well, this has been the highlight of my um, medical school career, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. has been so fun doing this with you. You are so smart and witty, oh. and it's it, yeah. This is not like for us to just say this to each other, but obviously, <laughs> this is also for our community, right? I think I think it helps, right? That probably everyone who's listening or listens to this understands that we have to do this together. Right? Yeah, totally. Um, and we all believe in this, and, and therefore we're here. 
Um, So I I think that's like an attribute of what we can do for our our preceptors and anyone who wants to collaborate and and move forward. There's so many things that we have yet to do, uh, despite things uh, in our way, right? Talk about COVID. COVID, Is COVID in our way? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think you said it voices like we are the right we've had our two voices and guests. And I think I'm really looking forward to the explosion of our community as uh, the students progress into phase two and and um, how this podcast will grow to include the voices of all of that distributed faculty. And uh, we were serious. We do really want uh, preceptors to be on this uh, podcast. And, and so, yeah, for me, the community, it's a community of collaborators. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, even though this whole big bummer of coronavirus um, has, has really, um, um, oh, I don't know. It's just been horrible. Um, Even, even through that, I, I think that, or maybe now more than ever, it's important to have this community of, of people who are passionate about um, medical education and, and supporting each other, supporting students. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, this is a good platform for us to also reach out to our uh, fellow physicians that want just to kind of unwind, right? Um, there's a lot of things that are on our shoulders right now. We yeah. have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of our families. We have to take care of our patients. We have to take care of our staff. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of things and responsibilities that we have that many others do not. Um, and I feel like this is a place that we should share ideas, um, vent a little, you know, and and be able to, um, to come together. So maybe, um, I know Susan, you just recently had a a family practice, uh, get together, right? Yeah. Yeah. We did. We had a departmental meeting. I think we had 30 over a little over 30 people tuned in for that zoom meeting. And it was, it was nice to talk about how things are going now and then think about the future dream, dream about the future and how we hope things will go. Mm, but also be prepared for the reality of of uh, how things how things are evolving. I would say so. And we've had a few lunch meetings with our mm-hmm. uh, our uh, phase one preceptors too, which was always pretty fun to do. Um, so maybe stuff like that we can continue. We're welcoming any ideas, also, right? Yes, yes, definitely. That others might have. Um, yeah, Saji, tell tell. Tell the, our our uh, community. Tell tell them some of these ideas because there's oh, some new ones coming. Tell me. So tell me. I got kids, right? So I have a lot of ideas, uh, kind of stemming from their social media stuff. Um, okay. I mean, obviously they don't do podcasts because that's not in mom, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but they do do stuff like TikTok, and then you know, uh-huh. just inadvertently, just a snoop. I I get on TikTok and I see. I mean, there are physicians doing stuff. Um, well, there, there are a lot of, uh, different ways in which we can engage people. Um, yeah. and, uh, we can be creative about it. Um, it could be our students. Maybe you were trying to engage them. 
Uh, If you guys have ideas about that, or is it each other? You know, Um, what is the message that we're trying to send? Um, And how do we send it? Could be um, so many different ways. Yep. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. For I know. And if you've ever been on TikTok, I don't think at least I'm not a good dancer. So (laughs) (laughs) that would be hilarious. Yeah. Once we can become, once we can um, uh, uh, be closer than six feet to one another. <laughs> so I had a thing about masks, right? Like it's yeah. like a big thing. You know, everyone probably knows or maybe some don't, but I do telemedicine, right? And so um, the height of uh, coronavirus, which is now, um, yes. I feel like the number one risk is socialization, right? Like yeah. camps and birthday parties or just because it's in the pool doesn't mean you're not going to get corona um yeah you know like so there's like so many uh social things and after i see every patient i said now it's on you to tell one person to wear a mask oh yeah you know like at the very end i'll just say i'm so glad you do or you don't have whatever the advice is at the end and then say well you know do you know continue to do good and tell one person to wear a mask. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like pass it forward kind of thing. But I was thinking in my head the top 10 reasons of why wearing a mask is a good idea. Okay. Oh, no. I don't know if I can say this publicly. Um, okay. <laughs> do it. Do it. Saji, do it. Oh, it. I mean, if anyone's queasy, oh, no. I don't know. I should have ran this by you before I said this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> This is the exciting aspect of our podcast. <laughs> our very, one cut is done. Very much we'll live. Okay, uh, tell all me. Right, all right, so one is obviously, you know, it's protection. You need to wear it. Don't get, you know, coronavirus, right? Yes, sure. that's like number one, right? Sure. Number two is, you know, I know I don't wear lipstick anymore. I don't yeah. need to because yeah. I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then number three is, you know, I mean, I do brush my teeth, right? But I mean, yeah, but what of, if, you know, you happen to have some, some halitosis issues? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's really good for those people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, this might come out in some kind of TikTok form. Okay, um, okay. And then so. uh, <laughs> there, there is one more, but I, I will leave that. I will leave that alone. Oh, that's like the hook. That is the hook. That is that's the, the hook. reason to stay tuned for TikTok videos. Okay. okay. Sounds good. So tell us, what are these students doing these days, these phase oneers? What um, are they doing? They're at home. Um, we we were able to do our clinical skills. We had our third OSCE. Okay. Uh, How they do? The, the, uh, um, we are yet to go through the results oh, and everything. Okay. But okay. yeah, generally, I think everyone did great job. Um, so, but Dr. Ackerman's our, uh, our our director for clinical skills. She's done an amazing job uh, getting these students prepared for their third OSCE. Um, so we're really fortunate about that. Um, and our cohort faculty, shout out to them for yes. getting these students mm-hmm. through this uh, tough time all on Zoom. Uh, be it that they learn some of this uh, clinical skills. So that's actually a kudos to them as well. Um, yes. And uh, and also to these preceptors trying to, you know, what they learned, they learned from you. 
And yeah. uh, I, I could tell you, um, I wish, uh, I, you know, these results were officially out, then I could tell you how, how wonderful and amazing. But um, you guys have done, it, it shows the clinical experience, this, this model works, I think. This yeah. clinical experience with clinical skills, it, it, it's a winner. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a winner. So thank you, Susan. Oh, yeah. thank you. I really loved, and, and a real big thank you to preceptors. One of the favorite things I loved hearing from students when I had a chance to check in was um, just how much they enjoyed the time with preceptors. And um, I, I remember a student saying um, how he can do something with a standardized patient. And of course, that's a good experience. But just the feeling of it's real with the real patient um, really brought it to this next level. It's one of my favorite moments when the student is kind of expressing um, how he's feeling about that. Um, and I, and just in general, um, you know, looking back at those times when students really connected with preceptors and now little by little, I'm getting some of the end of year comments. And it's also really, wonderful just to read um, how people have bonded and it's it, you know it's that the, those building relationships with you the preceptors has had a, a in general had a really great impact on their learning and their experience so thank you preceptors for for that and Saji of course like this this opportunity for us to talk for me to know and hear like how things are going in clinical skills and then, you know, to be able to then try to communicate that or, or, or put that out to preceptors also really, I think um, what has been, has been helpful and good. So thank you yeah. and your team. Oh gosh. Yeah. It, it was fun. Like I said, this was a highlight of my um, um, being part of the school. Yep. So um so what else? Is there anything else that we need to wrap up for our preceptors? Yeah, speaking of wrap up. So um, I've been harassing preceptors and students in different ways. Um, I've been harassing students on Canvas and then um, Skills Eval. I'm happy to say Skills Eval is staying for phase one. LAC preceptors for next year. And Newsflash, the name of the course is changing. So next year, instead of Phase one LAC, we will simplify to LAC one. That will be the new what? name. Of the <laughs> Changes. It's so hard. But um, uh, so there's been some skills about um, texting, but um, uh, hopefully preceptors and students are connecting virtually. Um, we extended the deadline a bit because this is their summer break. So by the 10th of July, Friday, the 10th of July, we hope that the student has contacted you and you have met and then you've had a chance to um, reflect on the year with your student and then to kind of uh, give some bi-directional feedback, what worked, what didn't work, what are things to uh, continue, what are things to improve, um, do you have any concerns about the student progressing? And then, um, you know, I thought it was important to touch on, did continuity with a patient happen? I think it's a real weakness of the course. I wish I, I had introduced the idea of panel earlier. Um, I, I had no idea that COVID would strike and that we'd essentially have a, a half a year course. But um, um, I, I think that just reflecting on how to make continuity happen with a patient, um, it will be a, an important part of this last session um, with the the student and then 
Um, if you've heard crickets, nothing from your student by the 10th of July, go ahead and just submit those, those um, narrative comments. And then I'll help out in helping you guys connect. And then, um, you know, this is a, a professionalism flag. We, we need to understand why it didn't happen, but we do want to promote their development. They have to be able to professionally communicate with you. And part of that is for them coordinating their own experiences. So, um, and it's not like uh, they haven't been told that this is an expectation. So, um, so we're just wrapping it up. I know it feels a little artificial to um, do this kind of assessment, given that the last time you met was in March. Um, but you know, we do have to administratively close out the course, and and I hope there has been some. Um, um, connections and maintaining the connection, even, even though we haven't been able to meet. And I have to say, I sent out that UCSF um, little telecare, like doing an LIC in a telecare environment. And I was really inspired by that third year student. You know, they had, um, they were just kind of in the beginnings, you know, of their um, LIC experience and they're still making it happen. You know, um, that student sitting at home, but still engaging in patient care, and to me, this is a real, I don't, I don't I'm going to be controversial here, but we have to demand that students get access to the EMR, um, you know, some sort of access to the EMR, um, regardless of what system they're in. If you want this LIC to really work, a student has to be notified when their patient goes to ER. You know, there are other places that do this in a smaller scale. I know they're in a closed system. UCSF is a closed system. You know, Harvard, it's the Cambridge Hospital, um, you know, where a lot of them rotate. It's in CHA where I used to work. And, and again, it's a closed system. Those students have access to EPIC. They know when their panel patients are going to the ER and are admitted. And I think if we really want this experience of continuity to happen, that has to happen. People cannot say no. So if you're influential and listening to this, please try to make that happen. Because, um, you know, otherwise a student will always be able to say they didn't know. You know, they weren't notified. They didn't know. And they'll be able to place themselves externally from the experience, which is probably that, that path of least resistance, the easiest like water way, which is how most people are. But we want to be able to facilitate that engagement in care. So. Wow, that was me on a little bit of a tantrum. But um, but uh, when I think about you know moving forward and my hope that things things can resume, I do hope that we can give students that opportunity. Yeah, I think Susan, that's a that's a valid point, um, <laughs> and uh, I I believe in it. Uh, I I feel like if uh, there's a way that the physicians are notified that their patients there, all they have to do is tag a student's name to it. Yeah. Um, and that would be to that particular. And if you're really looking at the number of, of patients that are in this panel is very few. Um, very few. So yeah. it's not, it shouldn't be that difficult to do no. all EMRs, all uh, EMRs currently, which is mostly all Epic, right. Yeah. Um, have that capability. So all you have to do is that tag that extra one and that could be done. Um, so agree. Yeah. Yeah. And up on the student, we want to teach them responsibility, right? And uh, what's more responsible than taking care of your own patient? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, if you, if you know, put yourself way, you know, imagine Saji, you know, way back when you were an MS1, MS2. I mean, there, there are always going to be those, I don't want to say aggressive, but there are going to be a small proportion of students who are going for it. But then, 
you know, would you have necessarily, if, if, if it wasn't easier to do, would you have been chasing around your panel patient? Right. I mean, what are you going to do? Call the ER every day? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I know we had some students trying to arrange some uh, observe, observe, you know, observing neurosurgeons and stuff like, you know, I, I know we got some go-getters, but you know, for the Mars part. Yeah. You know, be, I mean, we should yeah. make it accessible as it is for us. Yeah. You know, exactly. That would be more realistic, right? Yeah. And the, and life and now telecare, you know, I, well, uh, some future plans are really going to try to incorporate telecare basics um, into the curriculum. And um, Saji and I were just talking. I'm very um, excited about uh, putting together some videos about um, do's and don'ts in telecare for students. But I think even, you know, thinking about this as I am new to telecare and um, already, just in talking a little bit with Saji, I feel like, oh, okay, I could, I could do some things differently. Um, and so, it's, it's a tremendous, it's, it's a, it's a painful time, no doubt, but it's also this time for tremendous growth. Of course, we've been talking healthcare transformation for decades now, but maybe, maybe this is the time when true transformation, like transformation, that makes sense. Maybe this is the time for disruptive innovation. Um, maybe so. Yeah, I think if we're looking at telecare, uh, we'd like to have some feedback from who, whoever listens and uh, let us know <laughs> if you're interested in knowing more. Um, yeah. is there, you know, there's so much information out there. Sometimes it's just too much um, and yeah. you're trying to put it all together. Maybe we can put the effort for you and, and give you some digestible information as well. So yeah, send, yeah. send questions to us um, and then we can try to find answers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I um, maybe for the last few minutes we could break out our um, our prognostication uh, skills. <laughs> I don't know, physicians we're not that good at it anyway. But um, let's uh, let's try to prognosticate about the fall or even this upcoming year. What? What are some scenarios um, of what preceptors can expect, Saji? You have you have the hot seat. Oh no. <laughs> So what can we expect in the fall? Um, We can definitely expect COVID to still be there. Yeah. Better, worse, the same? What's your prognostication? I don't know. I think it'll be similar. Similar. Um, Similar. Um, I go worse. I'm the pessimist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like it's already worse, right? Right now, yeah. it's like the worst, right? right? Um, so, uh, as long as summer's going on and people are having fun and forgetting that COVID exists, I think yeah. th- this is going to happen, right? Yeah. As soon as school starts, that's a whole different problem, <laughs> yeah. right? right? If you're really looking at people, and schools are still thinking of having hybrids, yeah. right? Come to right. school, some stay home, kind of thing. So. Yeah, I don't see a lot of it's just like the flu, right? Yeah. You know, it becomes really bad, everyone gets sick. Um, how does that help or uh, not help us? Um, um unfortunately, it's patient care, so it, it has a direct impact on us. Yeah. Um, so I I really can't tell. I don't know. Um, it will be up to our our um our higher ups to to help us and guide us as to where what is a good time and it's good to also have everyone else's feedback yeah. regarding this um, and sure. what we feel. But do, do 
medical students have to see patients to become doctors. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Does a first year medical student have to see patients in order to become a doctor? That's a good question. Um, Does a second year medical student have to see patients in order to become a doctor? Right. Uh, yeah, the uh-huh. answer to third and fourth is the absolute yes, right? Yeah, yes, right? Right, but our model is uh, unique yeah. and uh, yeah. great as it is, so yeah. what, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Um, what's a rate-limiting factor in your mind for students coming back to clinic in the fall? Of course, you know, people with much higher salaries than us will be making some of these calls. I get that. But if we are, we are, um, you know, like the Muppet Show where they had those two old fogies up in the oh, balcony yeah. seats. That's right? us, right? That's us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to look for the Muppet Show to show my girls, you know, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But oh. anyway. Um, How about Fraggle so, Rock? Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, what, what do you think is a rate limiting factor for students coming back to clinic in the fall? I, I think it's going to be these numbers, right? Yeah. COVID yeah. numbers. Uh, if they don't come down, how is that going to change for us? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, everybody's tired of it, the PPE. I mean, you know, the, what's the PPE plan? Who's, who's paying for the PPE now for students? Um, what are the PPE standards for these students? Or the standards of contact with patients. Um, yeah, I think those are all written in the CDC, right? Um, yeah. So whatever the national guidelines, we got to probably follow. Um, and then, um, I don't know. What do you think, Susan? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, you know, I have a course that um, was supposed to begin in July, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh currently based on prognostications which probably are based upon data that's a month old um i was going to start in october okay but now i am mentally preparing for later for later dates so i just i you know i we have this discussion really to put out there to preceptors i would hope that we'd be able to have a course where you're you know meeting your student this fall but i just want everyone to be prepared that this may not occur, that we may not be meeting our students until next year because this is new uncharted territory and everybody is kind of swimming around, um, yeah, swimming around in choppy water, you know? So that's so, maybe where uh, telecare might be um, yes. a solution to that. So preceptors, yeah, give us feedback on that, you know? What yeah. do you envision a way that we can continue patient care with a student? Yeah. I mean, that UCSF way, students at home, um, oh, maybe even providers at home. I know personally, like I, I go in, I cannot provide that secure environment um, to see patients in this, in this house with my um, two young children. So I go in and I take advantage of my secure office to do telecare. Um, but you know, that environment where students at home, provider is somewhere secure, students somewhere secure. And then, you know, and then there's this, um, telecare interaction. I just fear we don't have the technology to implement that widely 
like um, within our preceptor group, but but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, th- I think there is a way. There's always a way uh, to yeah. do it. I think it's just the the few people to come together and make it happen. Yeah. Um, so again, inviting people to come forward. But yeah, if that's an initiative that preceptors feel comfortable with, right? That everyone has to feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the consensus happens. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should have a discussion just on this topic yeah. very soon, like have a, a Zoom, <laughs> Zoom meeting in the next yeah. couple of weeks on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, and it would, you have to give students access. Yeah. Without access to the EMR or there is no discussion. Right. So, so not yeah. to harp, but I'm harping. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we do that? These are things for you guys to think about. And how do you feel about it? And if you come with ideas, then let's uh, set up a Zoom meeting. In yeah, weeks. preceptor Zoom to kind of talk and invite the 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 big wigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, people, people who can make uh, official decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have I have empathy also for those big decision makers. I'm sure they they hear enough from um, from many 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 different sides. I'm sure, but. Yeah. All right, Asad, you've got to wrap it up because we're going to get cut off All right. um, at 30 minutes. It'll stop. Oh, so. okay. All right. Yep. Well, let's do it. And um, bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye Stay for now. tuned for season two. Yay. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye.